welcome to worship. We want to welcome all of our guests today. Thank you so much. I'm Pastor John, and I'm so glad you're here today. We welcome our guests, and uh, as you leave today, I hope you'll take time. If you, I haven't got to meet you, I'd love to get to know you and get to meet your, uh, and learn your name. I'll be up front at the end of the service. I'd love to, to get to meet you. We have a candle for you as you leave today. So welcome to all of our guests, and welcome to our folks who are so faithful. Thank you for faithfully being here. We had a wonderful group at 8.30 today who was coming out early, and I appreciate them coming out early. That gives us plenty of room here. You can invite friends to come and family and so welcome. We're so glad that you are here. Welcome those joining us on our live stream. And so I always want to say hi to my mom. Hi, mom. So that's always important. You want to stay in good with your mom. And also my wife was uh, an accident this week, cut the tips of her finger on our mold mower. So she's home today. So hi, beautiful. Hi, honey. That's to my wife, to nobody else. All right. So I uh, just want to say hi to her. Turn to Job chapter 37. We're going to continue in our series on Creation 101. I want to say to Mike and Ellie Bice, they're one of our folks who listen online. Mike and Ellie were here when they were physically able. Mike is not able to be here now. Ellie is his caregiver. And so Mike and Ellie, we want to say congratulations. They celebrated their 45th anniversary on July the 2nd. Would you give Mike and Ellie a hand? They can hear you online. Let's congratulate them. Amen. We have several shut-in folks who aren't able to be here um, you know, I asked you last week to this homework this week was to watch the sunrise or sunset. Sharon Titsworth, she's in uh, rehab right now, therapy up at NHC and uh, with her shoulder. And so uh, she texted me and said, ever since you asked us to watch the sunrise, sunset, it's rained every day. So I don't know if you've got to watch the sunrise or sunset, but try again this week. All right. Try to watch the sunrise and sunset. Last week, we introduced this series by saying we want to listen. We want to listen to creation, listen to what creation is teaching us, lessons to learn from God's handiwork. And so we're going to continue that today, and we're going to focus on one particular thing that creation is going to teach us about who God is, and that is that God is a God of order. He is a God who puts things in order. We, we saw in the video uh, all about creation. Think about when God created everything. He, he created it, and we, we think about how he created on the first day. He created light. Out of the, the, the land was void. It, it was there, and it had no form, and God came in in the midst of disorder, and he brought order. And so today we're talking about how God is the God of order. We have been doing sign language, and so the two that I've asked you to always remember is our theme this year is that we are family. And so family, if you're guests today, we can teach you the word family. You just make your F sign and you go in a circle. And this is, we're around the table together. We, we do life together. So we're family. And the other word Patrick was sharing with you is together. We're together. We, we believe together. We believe God's word. We believe the gospel together. We belong together. We're family, and then we're better together. Talking about upward, how it takes all of us working together, uh, serving our community, so we're together. Today, the word is creation, okay? Nancy is our sign language lady, and so she kind of always kind of helps me. So this is how she does creation. There's lots of ways, but she does it this way. Make a, the four sign, okay, four fingers up, and you can go from your head like this, and then you're going to put your hands together and you're going to do this. And that means make. This means create. So create 
make creation. Okay, so we're thinking about God, how he made us from the dust of the ground. He, he made us. And so we're talking today about how God is the God of order. When we think of creation and we look at creation, and I, I'm just, it's been an amazing week for me just reading and studying and thinking about God's order in creation. We have an awesome God. We have an amazing God. As you just, as you meditate and think about creation and you see God, it teaches us about who God is. And the reason that creation is in the order that it is, is because it reflects the character of its creator. God's reveals of his character is that he's a God of order. The opposite of the word order is disorder, chaos, confusion. We think about our society today, we think that describes our society. Our society is a place of disorder, chaos, and confusion. And the reason is because the God of this age, the prince of the air here on earth, is Satan. And so society reflects Satan's order of things, and that is society becomes a place of disorder, becomes a place of confusion and chaos. But with our creator, with God, God is not the author of confusion. God is the God of order. And I can, I can assure you today that where God is, God in heaven, there is no chaos, confusion, or disorder in heaven. And when God is at work in our life, when we're with God and walking with God, there'll be no disorder or confusion or chaos in our life. God is a God of order. The same way that society reflects Satan and his confusion and chaos, the church should reflect our Savior, Jesus, and we should be a place where there is no confusion, chaos, or disorder. We should be a place of order. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is that God is a God of order. This is very applicable to our lives. We can apply this whether you're a child or a teenager or a single adult or a senior adult or you're right in the middle of life. This is going to apply to your life because what we're going to learn is God's order. When we follow God, he has an order for our lives. We do not have to live our lives in chaos. We do not have to live our lives in confusion. We do not have to live our lives in disorder. God has a plan and an order for our lives. Now, when we say God is a God of order, don't misunderstand that. It doesn't mean that God is predictable about everything that he does. We, one of the things that was said in Bible school is that God is surprising, we're going to learn God has an order, but imagine order is like guardrails, okay? Now, now guardrails guard and keep us on the path. God's order is structure. When it comes to creation, God has an order for creation. Uh, the, the planets... They, they're in their solar system. They're in their rotation. The earth rotates. Uh, but there are opportunity for there to be some surprises. There are storms. Uh, there are earthquakes. There are things inside the guardrails that God surprises us. Don't try to think that you can always predict God. God can surprise us, but God will never have disorder. God will always have things in Order, And so we're going to learn about these guardrails. What I want you to see, like in the church, we have order in the church, 
but it's inside some guardrails. When we say order in the church, some of you are already thinking this. Hey, that means the church should look like how I want the church to look like. You're thinking about your order for the church. We should sing certain songs. We should do this. We should do that. You see, we, we have an order of worship here. We try to focus on scripture and we try to focus on prayer. and We try to focus on worship and on the word of God. But if God wants to show up and do something surprising, we always want to allow him to do that. Amen? I mean, we, there's order, but don't think that means we put God in a box. God can surprise us sometimes, even in the midst of his order. So let's talk for a few minutes. And as we think about our lives, we're going to think about these guardrails. And one of the things, one of the applications I want you to apply to all of our lives is, is when we're in obedience to God, we're within the guardrails, we're living our life in obedience to him. Inside the guardrails, his order for our life, there's freedom. There's freedom for us to live out our faith, uniquely made by God. There's freedom for us to serve him and to grow and to share the gospel and to make disciples inside these guardrails. It's not binding us like a straitjacket, but it's setting us free, the order that God has for our lives as we learn to be obedient to the word of God. Turn to Job, if you're not already there, Job 37. So in the book of Job... If you're familiar with it, it's right before Psalms. Job's had all these things happen to him. Uh, Satan has been at work in his life. And all the time, he continues to be faithful. And he's got his friends there. And we come to this part of this book. And God begins to speak to Job and to help him understand some things about who God is. So chapter 37, look at verse 14. We're going to read this verse, we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into our message today. Verse 14. Listen to this, O Job. Stand still. Last week we said we're learning to listen. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Creation. Creation is going to teach us about God is the God of order. We said in chapter 1, verse 2, the earth was without form and it was void. God began his creation work by bringing order. Almost, you get the picture, it was almost like a, a lump of clay that he began, he created, and then he began to form it and he put order into place. He brought light day one. There was light. Day two was the sky. Day three was the land and the sea and the trees. And day four was the sun, the moon, and the stars. And day five was, was all the, the critters in the, in the water. And then day six was the animals. And was me and you who created Adam and Eve. There's order as we look at the six days of creation. God is a God of order. And here he says to Job, stand still. Stop. Listen. Listen to what I'm saying to you in creation. I'm teaching you today who I am. Part of my character, who I am, is that I'm a God of order. Let's pray. Lord, you are an awesome God. I have been overwhelmed by just standing still. And discovering some things about creation. <laughs> you are amazing. I, I will not do justice today. 
to you as the God of order. I pray you will take this lump of clay and you will mold it and make it into something that can be useful today. Speak through me, for I am nothing. As Paul, I stand here in fear and trembling. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to this, your people, today. I pray your Holy Spirit would speak to those who are not believers. And I pray your Holy Spirit would draw them to you today that they would be saved. Thank you for what you're going to teach us. Thank you for being a God of order. Thank you for the guardrails. That within those guardrails we can live a blessed life. A life that brings you glory. A life that we're useful. A life that's free to serve you. Teach us from your creation. Help us to stand still and to listen. May your Holy Spirit be our teacher, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. I asked Joshua to put up a couple of pictures for me. In this passage, we're going to read now in verse chapter 38. Turn to chapter 38. We're going to read first, and then you put the pictures up. I got ahead of you, Joshua. 38 of Job. Look at verse 4 through 12. So God continues talking to Job, and he continues talking to him about Listen to creation. What can we learn from creation? So look at verse 4 through verse 12. So he's talking to him here. And he says to Job, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? He's saying to Job, Job, you're not God. I am. I said to the early service, be careful that you don't tell God how to do his job. You're not God and I'm not God. God is far above us. His ways are far above our ways. Be careful that you don't demand things of God. We can request things of God. And we're, we're wanting to line up with his will when we pray, but never demand of God. He is almighty God. He is the one who laid the foundations of the earth. Young people and children, you may hear something different when you go to school. But I want you to know by the authority of God's word, it was God who created the earth. It was God who created all things. He created it. He sustains it. He keeps it in place. It is God who laid the foundations of the earth. Tell me, God says, if you have understanding. Who determines its measurements? Can't you just get the picture here of God and his order? He's creating everything in those six days. And don't you just see the picture of him here as an architect, as a designer, as one who has order? Everything's placed in order. He, he did it on certain days. He did it in a certain order. And he puts things in order. Creation, there is not confusion in creation. Uh, there is not chaos in creation. There is not disorder in creation. The sun rises, the sun sets. The seasons change. There's spring and there's summer and there's fall and there's winter. Now, is there some freedom within the guardrails that sometimes it's a little, seasons are a little shorter or longer? Absolutely. But there's order in creation. And we see that here. He, the measurements, surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone? We have an amazing God how he put everything in place, how he created everything, how he, he holds it and sustains it together. Verse 7, when the morning stars sang together, even the creation of angels, and all the sons of God shouted for joy, or who sh shut, up, shut in the sea with doors when it burst forth and issued from the womb. 
Here's a beautiful picture of the oceans. One of the things, and it goes on verse 9, when I made the clouds, its garment, and thick darkness, its swaddling band. One of the things I was just studying this week was the water cycle. It's just a beautiful reminder of how God is a God of order. And if you don't tell anybody, I told you, I'll tell you what I did this week. So I researched, I was researching the water cycle. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch a kid's video about the water cycle because that's my level and I can understand it. And so I Googled and watched this little video about the water cycle. And so don't tell nobody that, but that's how I figured this out. I remember learned it in school, but we forget it. You know, there's, there's evaporation. And so the, the heat takes the water and it evaporates and it goes up into the sky and then there's condensation it it begins to make these rain clouds and and God's order is so amazing there's evaporation and condensation and then there's precipitation and then that water returns to the to the land water ice and then the cycle continues that water just cycles through is that not an amazing God I mean, we, what we do is we get so busy with life and we're doing life that we don't notice how God is screaming to us in creation to say, I'm a God of order and I can bring order into your life. I can bring order into your church. I can bring order into your family. I can, I'm the God of order and all around we just pass it by. But yet God is this God of order and he has everything in this structure there's no disorder. There's no confusion. The water knows how God created it. And, and if you're being taught that this was by some accident, man, I tell you what, God's word teaches us it's no accident. God created things in order. Look what else he says. Because this is my favorite part. He's talking about the seas. Verse 10, when I fixed my limit for it and set bars and doors... When I said, this far you may come, but no farther. And here your proud waves must stop. Have you commanded the morning since your days began and caused the dawn to know its place? Now you can put those pictures up for us, Joshua. The ocean. Jen and I love the ocean. Ridgeview people, you know that. We go there two or three times a year because we just love going and looking for shells. We love just reading at the ocean. Uh, whenever the pictures are up, it's a picture of the ocean. God says here, okay, waves, you're only coming so far. You're going to be able to come so far, and that's it. You sit there at the ocean, and the water comes in, and the water goes out. Water comes in, the water goes out. It's a beautiful reminder that God is a God of order. He puts the, the boundaries of how far they will come. Now, I know the moon and the gravity, and I know all that stuff, but who made the moon? That's what my wife said. Who made the moon? God made the moon. God's in control. That's a picture of my granddaughter there on the water and my wife and our granddaughter. Just a beautiful reminder of the water coming in so far, and God says, stop. He says, stop. God is the God of order. So think about it. Think about it as we think about creation. We think of the sunrise. We think of the sunset. We think about when we look at creation, we see he's a God of order. Everything's in order. The sun rises under his command. The sun sets under his command. The winds blow. The rains come. 
Bears hibernate. Birds, uh, what do they do? They fly somewhere. What's that called? Thank, migrate. Thank you. They see the God at work. Flowers bloom at their appointed season. Uh, plants yield their fruit. Leaves change. Seasons change. We look at creation and creation says to us, God is a God of order. He has everything in order. Uh, think about our planet, the temperature, all the gases that, that make up what we can breathe, the oxygen and, and the temperature. Think about if the sun was a little bit closer to the earth, what would happen to us? We'd burn up. If the sun was just a little further from the earth, what would happen? We would freeze. We couldn't exist. God has order. The sun is the exact amount mileage-wise away from the earth that it has to be for us to be able to, to survive here. Everything is in God's order. Look at our bodies. Don't look at mine, but look at yours, okay? And think about our bodies. What an amazing creation our bodies are. I mean, think about our heart. Our heart pumps blood to all of our organs. Think about our brain. It, it sends instructions to all parts of our body. Tells my hand to move. Tells, tells my ears to listen. Tell everything. Imagine, the eye. look at the eyes. Think of the ears. Think that we're able to communicate. My four-year-old granddaughter. You know, I just sit back in amazement. Because I think about, I saw when she was born, this little baby. And now she's talking and she's walking. That's no accident. That's the handiwork of God. God's handiwork. We look at our, our bodies and we see God has an order. How everything functions in our body. Our body wasn't just threw together by some accident, some random act. No, God put it in order. We're put in order. Think about time. Time is another thing we think about time. He reflects God of order. The earth rotates and it's in perfect time. You can look on your weather app and it can tell you what time the sun will rise in a week. Why? Because God is the God of order. He puts everything and even time. It's set. It rotates perfect time, minute by minute, day by day, hour by hour, year by year. Creation. We see as we look at creation, we look at our own bodies, we see that God is a God of order. He designed things and he put them in order. Uh, last week we read Romans and it said even the handiwork of creation will teach us about the Godhead. God also re reveals to us, not only in creation, but he reveals to us that he's a God of order in the Trinity, in the Godhead. Look in the New Testament. Look at Matthew chapter 3. And I will tell you that I am not going to do the Trinity justice because the Trinity is one of those things that's far above us. God's ways are not our ways. But it is biblical uh, to understand how God presents himself, how he relates to the world. Three persons... In the Godhead, equal in nature. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And we see God's order even in the Godhead. There is no confusion. God the Father is not God the Son. God the Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not God the Father. There is no confusion. There is no chaos. There is no disorder. When we see the Trinity, we see they are the same essence, the same nature, 
We see it's one God. We have one God that we worship, but he relates to us in their unique ways. And their unique ways that part of what the Godhead does is he relates to the world. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And this order, even in the Godhead, same attributes. God's existing one God eternally in three co-equal persons. Different roles. There's order. But there's one God. And we see that. We see that at Jesus' baptism. There's many passages we can read about the Trinity. But this one just is just a simple way to understand the order of the Trinity. And when he had been baptized, Jesus, there's the Son of God, came up immediately from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, there's the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting up on him. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, that's the Father, this is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. We are reminded of the order in the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Three persons, one essence, one God. And they have different roles as they relate to the world, but it's all of the same essence. There's order. There's not chaos. They work together in harmony, and that's a beautiful thing. Three persons. Order even within his own person, the Godhead. God reveals to us the, the order and the function and the harmony in the Trinity. God speaks to us in creation. He says, I'm a God of order. God speaks to us in the Godhead, in the Trinity, and says, I'm a God of order. Father, Son, and Spirit, co-equal, all God. Jesus is fully God, and he's fully human. He took on flesh. He, he, is, he is a beautiful picture of order in the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And that leads to the third thing we see God's order in, and that's the church. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 14. There's other passages I could use about the Trinity. You could go to Matthew 28 where Jesus says, Go make disciples of all nations and baptize them. What does he say? In the name of the, and of the, and of the Holy Spirit. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. We see the order. We see that there's no chaos. They work together as one. They are one. There's one essence, one God. And we see this beautiful picture of order. God, even in his person, there is order. And that leads to his body, the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This is a passage that clearly speaks about how God is a God of order. In the Corinthian church, there was a lot of chaos happening in their worship service. There was chaos. People were, were talking in tongues and there was no interpretation. They were talking over each other. The women were probably getting up in the service and shouting and probably getting up. Hey, honey, can you tell me what this all, what's he talking about? And they were just talking over each other. There was chaos and confusion and there was disorder. And Paul's addressing it here to the church. And he says, hey, listen, we got, you got to recognize something. God is not the author of confusion. Unbelievers were coming to the church and they were looking at this group of people and they were saying, these people are nuts. They're nuts. There's disorder. There's confusion and chaos. Paul says, look in verse 33. For God is not the author of confusion or disorder. 
Who's the author of confusion? That's Satan. Who's the author of dis disorder? That's Satan. Chaos, that's Satan. Who's God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, of order, as in all the churches of the saints. And then going down to verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. Again, order doesn't mean predictable. It doesn't mean we put God in a box. Order means that God has put guardrails up for his church to say, here is how a church functions. Here's the order and how this is your mission. This is your purpose. This is who you're to be. He's put guardrails up. It doesn't mean God can't surprise us. It doesn't mean God can't do something that we didn't even predict he would do. He, he, that's still order. He is not a God of disorder. He, he has an order for his church. He says, this is how the church is to function. Ridgeview, this is how the church is to function. Jesus is the head of the church. Amen? Amen? This is his body. This is the function. He says, here's how the church is to be in order. He says, Jesus is the head. And then Jesus says, I'm going to place men to be pastors. They're to be shepherds. Some churches call, maybe call them elders or bishops. They're to be pastors. And so he calls men to be pastors. And he places them in local churches. He placed Jen and I here 16 years ago to be your pastor. And so that's a role. That's, he says, this is how the church is to function. There's to be leaders. He says, then you're to call deacons. Choose deacons out. Men who are to come alongside the pastor and serve the sheep and serve the body. Where the pastor can do what he's called to do. To study and to pray. To, to proclaim the word of God. There's deacons who are supposed to be helping take care of the serving. And so he says, this is the order. And he says, which is a pretty hot topic for some people today. But God gives order to the church. He says, the order of the church is this. The pastor and the deacons are to be men. Uh, that's the role for men. He says there's an order in the church. Out in the world, there's chaos and confusion and there's disorder, but not in the church. There's to be order. It's to be men who are pastors and deacons. Now I want to say to the women, women, God has an order of things. There's roles for men and there's roles for women. But here, women, hear me. Hear me. In God's eyes and in the church's eyes, men and women are of equal importance. Amen. Men, can you say Amen. Are you kidding me, guys? I give you this softball that you can like knock out of the park. Women are of equal importance at our church. Amen, men? Amen. Amen. Women, you have a, a God-given role in our church. You are vital of equal importance. Just the roles are different in God's order. God put guardrails up and he said, church, here's how do you function. Men are to be the pastor and the deacons. At our church, women, you are equally gifted. You are equally important. There are so many roles where you can serve. It's so important. Learning to live your life as the godly woman that God's given you inside the, these guardrails of God's order. Here at our church, we believe, and we're studying 1 Timothy in August. We believe part of God's order is, is that women don't teach men. In all of our co-ed classes, we have men teaching. We don't have women teaching. That's nothing against women. We just believe that's God's order. And so here's the order for the church. God said, this is how you're to function. He says in these guardrails, inside the guardrails, you're to function. Your function is, is to make disciples. Inside these guardrails, your order. What's the order of the church? What's the purpose of the church? What's the structure for the church? Well, I've given you these structures. Your purpose. <laughs> There's a unified purpose. There's a unified mission. 
of who you're to be within these two guardrails. Our Constitution team is meeting right now, and they're working on our Constitution, trying to get us updated on some things. And I'm so thankful for them. They're doing a great job. But what I told them when they started, I, I said, listen, your Constitution, the Constitution is guardrails for the church. It, it, it's to guide us and to guard us and to keep us from going off the cliff. But it's the Word of God that we do church by. It's not the Constitution. The Constitution does not dictate how we do ministry or how we do church. It's the Word of God that dictates that. It's not the Constitution. I'm thankful for the Constitution. It's a good guard and a good guide. But I said to them, please leave me room that I can change a few lanes, okay? I don't want these guardrails to become where, 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 where we're bound. Because God's order says you need to remember the Word of God is our path and our purpose and our order of how we do church. It's the word of God. So yes, there is order in our purpose, in our mission, unity coming together. Unity doesn't mean uniformity. That's why there's guardrails. There's order. Churches can look different. They, they do things different. They do ministries different. They, they have worship different. But it's within these guardrails. The church should look at us, and just like society reflects Satan and his disorder and his chaos confusion, the church should look at the church, the world should look at the church and say, there's order there. They have a unified purpose and mission. They're together as a people. There's order there of how they do church. Lastly, and I'll move quickly, God's order in the home. He shows us he's a God of order in creation. In the Godhead, in his church, and also in the home. Listen to what Matthew 19 says. Jesus says this. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made them male and female? In our society today, there is confusion and chaos and disorder in gender identity. In the world, people are confused about their gender, gender identity. And that's a blinding of Satan. Let me say to, take to you as God's people. Those who are struggling with their gender identity, we should pray for them. We should love them. We should show God's grace to them. But hear me, just because there's confusion out there, there should not be confusion among God's people. God has spoke clear. He created them male and female. Uh, disorder and confusion and chaos is when you try to jump the guardrail of what God has said is order for the family, order for creation. You jump the guardrail and you, you live in disobedience. So if you're confused, if there's chaos in your life or disorder, this is a church who loves you and we will speak truth to you in love. And there's a God who loves you and he has made clear how he created you. He created male and female. If you don't like what I'm saying, send your cards and letters to Patrick Arbo, <laughs> 234 Herd Road, out there, all right? Young people, man, I tell you, my granddaughter growing up, your kids growing up, it's a challenging society they're growing up in. Speak truth to your kids in love. Get them in a Bible-preaching church. You're welcome here. We'd love to have you here. But get them someplace where they're hearing God's word because there's confusion and chaos. And our kids are bombarded by this confusion and chaos about gender identity. And God has spoke clear. I made you 
I made you. I created you male and female. Let's go on and see what else he says about order. And he said, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife. The two shall become one flesh. So then they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let not man separate. God said there's an order. One man, one woman for a lifetime. That's his order. That's what marriage is. Intimacy is not to take place outside the guardrails. God said there's order in the family. It's one man, it's one woman. And they come together in marriage. And that's where intimacy takes place. If there's intimacy before marriage, if there's intimacy outside of marriage, if there's intimacy in any other way, you've jumped the guardrail and that's sin. Inside God's order, he says, this is it. One man, one woman, that's a family. That, that's what it's, how it's supposed to happen. One man, one woman, that's the order that God has. You can look at Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4, how the marriage bed is not to be undefiled. God says, this is my order. Now, there's confusion out there, and there's chaos out there, and there's disorder. But not among the people of God. It should not be so. God says, here's the order. And then lastly, which is not very popular today, but in the order of the home, God has said to the husband... You're to be the head of the house. You're to be the leader in your home. I know it's not popular out there. I know that. Out there, there's chaos. Women are trying to, to be in roles that God did not create them for. There's chaos and confusion and disorder out there. But among the people of God, God says, here's the order. One man, one woman. And man, you're to lead your family. What does that mean? He says, well, in Ephesians 5, he says, you lead your family like Jesus led and loved the church. What did Jesus do for the church? What did Jesus do for you? He died for you. Men, we're to be servant leaders to our family. We're, we're to be leading them spiritually. We're to be leading by example. We're to be leading them to follow Christ. We're to be serving them and loving them as Christ loved the church. And the man is to be the leader in the home. With God, God is a God of order. In the midst of chaos and confusion... And disorder, we have a God who's a God of order. And he can bring order into your life. When there's disorder and confusion and chaos, we need to have an inspection in our life because usually it's because we've jumped the guardrails and we're living in disobedience to God's order for our life. Obedience brings order to our lives. God is not the author of confusion. He brings peace. If you're here today and there's a confusion in your, life, in your life, maybe it's about your gender identity, maybe it's about relationships, maybe it's about other things in your life, there's confusion, chaos, disorder. God can bring peace through the power of the Word of God, the power of His Holy Spirit. He'll speak truth. And it may be for there to be peace in your life. It means you've got to repent some things in your life, get back over on the right side of the guardrail in order of where God has for you. Lastly, let me just say this to those who are lost. God is a God of order. And he, before the world was ever created, he had ordered a plan of salvation. He sent his son Jesus to die for your sins, to die for my sins. Jesus willingly gave his life. He was sinless and perfect. He willingly gave his life on the cross, buried and rose again. So that you and I can be forgiven of our sins. If we repent of our sins and we, by faith, trust in Christ, we can be saved. If the Holy Spirit is convicting you, I pray you would come 
and trust in Christ today, repenting of your sins. God can bring order into our lives, guiding and guarding us as we obey him. And we're in the guardrails of the order he has for our lives. Stand with me for prayer. Lord, I pray you take these few moments of invitation as we invite people to respond. Either there in their pew, in their living room where they're watching online, or even at this altar. Lord, we are in a world of chaos, confusion, and disorder. Our kids are growing up in a, a world of chaos and confusion. I pray that we, as the people of God, would be a people who are living in the order that you have set for us. You are a God of order. Creation does not rebel against your order. Let us be a people who live our lives in line with your scripture, with your word. Lord, a people of obedience. If there's sin in our life, let us come, confess it, and repent. For those who are lost, may they come and be saved. Lord, for those who are confused, may you speak peace and direction into their life and bring order. Thank you for what you're going to do in these moments. We pray in the name of Jesus.